Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for another Breaking Bad episode recap. We are into episode two of season four, 38 Snub. Snub, not snug, snub. First aired on the 24th of July, 2011. was written by George Mastras, directed by our bestie, Michelle McLaren, we're obviously a big fan of Michelle's work. And, yeah, an interesting one, this one, kind of. It's not last week. It's not Box Cutter, but there's still some uh, plenty of stuff to talk about in this episode. My name is Ben, and I think I've, like, got this cat, and I think I'm supposed to feed it. <laughs> My name's Nick, and uh, I could so use a brain transplant right now. I was going to use that one. I was going to use that one. I, I wanted to use this one we just said off air. Like, is it a bit inappropriate for me to lead with that? But um, no, I, I like the cat line because I do have a cat on the other side of the world. But anyway. Um, I, was, episode... I was actually going to say something to you about Snug. Um, seeing oh, as go we for bought, it. Seeing as we brought Snug up, is that, um, there's actually, I actually found a beer, at like because I'm into my craft beers, and I found this craft brewery that makes a beer called Snug. And I was like, oh, I really should get a can for for um noah but he lives in in korea so it feels like a long way to go for a joke but uh I he do need loves to buy... his beer though he's a bit of an yeah. alcoholic now uh, yeah yeah i can't even speak like send it to, i think he would love it he really yeah. would so yeah. um he doesn't listen to these episodes but uh maybe i'll uh, so we can I'll, be as rude we can be as rude as we want to him which yeah, doesn't, that, that, doesn't stop us anyway to be that fair. racist prick who can't get a date um you know just play on the, the same jokes that we say on this show all the time um but 38 Snug. Let's call it 38 Snug. Um, yeah, this is an episode of Breaking Bad. Uh, I mean, it's fine. Like, a decent episode of Breaking Bad or even a bad episode of Breaking Bad is still better than, as we've said, most TV shows out. This isn't a bad episode. I'm not saying this is a bad episode. This isn't Fly. Um, but I'm just saying it now. This isn't going to be one of the highly ranked episodes, in my opinion. But uh, it's got its good moments in it still. It's still got some good stuff to talk about. Yeah, I think probably, um, you know, like I've talked a lot about you know, some kind of story building and world building episodes that we, you know, potentially maybe give a little bit more of a pass. And I'm now going to start to slightly be a little bit harder now on, on Breaking Bad because I think it is season four. We've had a really, like, we've had a good string of episodes. We've probably had the best string of three episodes together on the show that we've had so far between half measures, full measure and box cutter. And I just think the, you know, the ante has been raised now. And I think we probably just, you know, like, I, I totally agree. It's by no 
means a terrible episode, but I think we will need to start calling this out when it does slow down unnecessarily. So I think probably our challenge here is like, is this unnecessarily slow or is this a little bit of world building? Because it's not the greatest episode, let's be honest. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's a bad episode either. So yeah, let's put our critical critical eyes on and, and see what we find in this episode, I think. We shall do our best. That's why both people listen to us, let's be honest. <laughs> um but we're going to start off this episode where Walt's buying himself a gun, uh, essentially for protection. He's had a man had his throat slit right in front of him, so he feels that he needs to uh, protect himself. We've, I like this random dude who's just, I don't know, a legal gun dealer. Um, kind of, you know, tell he just seems like typical American guy who just talks about his guns and that's going to do well if you do this and is this for defense? You know, I don't usually ask people and kind of the, the serial numbers all filed off and everything along those lines. So, uh, and Walt's essentially here saying that, no, it's for defense, it's for defense and talking about, I guess, cross-drawing and all this kind of stuff. But um, I think a lot of this episode, like we, we, it's interesting, I feel last week we talked about how the scenes that are kind of drawn out kind of work. You know, they're sort of, they're good, they're long, they're tension-filled. I feel this episode's almost kind of the opposite. Like some of the scenes just go on for a little bit and you're kind of like, okay, well, you know, like I like sort of this idea of Walt getting a gun. And again, I like this guy, but this goes on for about five minutes and it's kind of, okay. Like, I don't know if I'm enthralled with it as much as I am with some of the stuff we got last week, but um, I don't know. Like I like the idea of Walt getting a gun, getting a legal gun and kind of it's for defense, it's for defense, it's for defense. Um, but yeah, kind of Walt in a bit of panic mode here and trying to find uh, a way to protect himself, essentially. Yeah, I think it's funny because like I, I jumped on the Breaking Bad wiki and it kind of talks about, you know, like um, this is the first appearance of Lawson, you know, the guy who sells him the gun. And I'm like, maybe I'm being really dumb, but I don't remember this character. And so like then I go to IMDb and he's in like two episodes. So like, that doesn't feel like a particularly interesting um piece of trivia for somebody that's in two episodes um but this guy's like he's in like the boys which is one of my favorite shows of the last couple of years as well um and i don't actually remember him on that so i'm gonna have to go and look that up but yeah i, I like to me i think this is an, an i think it's an interesting kind of opening um that kind of the paranoia that's setting in for for walters is, is interesting um I, I agree with you i think it's i think it's kind of overplayed i think we could have this doesn't grab me particularly as a kind of an opener for the for the episode like and it probably should like you know like Walt's getting an illegal gun with a filed off serial number like this feels like it probably should be quite a major but I just it never feels I don't know like you've got that whole thing of Chekhov's gun you know like when you introduce a gun you've got to then have it fired and I never feel like I'm desperate to find out how this weapon will be used you know like it, this scene just falls flat to me and i am struggling a little bit to explain why that's kind yeah. of where i'm at yeah yeah because um what happened to oh i guess they burnt jesse's gun didn't they Duh, yeah. stupid question ben um but yeah no I, I agree with you and it's kind of like it should be like a bigger deal like walt kind of getting a gun but yeah i don't know like this well, is I think a- kind of i think probably the line where he's like is this for defense and he kind of like you know you know uh, you know unless it's for defense you don't need to carry a firearm and it's kind of like you know the insinuation is that you know it's not for defense he's he's going to use it to hunt somebody down and mm-hmm. and obviously like it, we, we're kind of talking about gus like he's he wants to deal to gus and it's like i just never feel like that's where this is going i, d- I didn't remember feeling at the time when i first watched this like 
oh yeah, I feel like you know Walt's going to go after Gus with a gun. That does doesn't really feel true to where the story's going. So doesn't the, really just, fit Walt either, does it? Like nah, it kind of, nah. it's like Walt. You're building Walt up as this professional, kind of working his way up, but like. You know, only and a, a guy who makes ricin, a guy who makes yeah. ricin to deal with people, like he's not just going to use like a really kind of like um, basic thing of like go up and shoot somebody. That just doesn't really feel like the Walt character. Because he talks about that, like remember, was it was it season two, season three, when he's talking to Jesse, he's like, "How are you going to do it? How many shots is it yeah. going to take? What are you going to yeah. do with this? What are you going to do with that?" Like, yeah, like and like that's not to take like I get it. He's panicked. Like we can imagine he's, he's, he's in panic, mode. we do things and all of a sudden something shocking happens and kind of, you're not thinking straight. So that's obviously why he's doing this. But I mean, this season really is almost about Walt trying to kill Gus, right? Like it's kind of, if you, if you kind of want to put it on that way, like that's essentially what this season is about. Um, but like, yeah, it's just kind of interesting that this is his go-to thing. And maybe, maybe like explain a little bit better that he's panicky. You know what I mean? Like yeah. kind of this is why he's doing it. Have a conversation with Jesse or have this or have that. But, um, yeah, no, I'm with you. And I, pff, Lawson comes back. Uh, <laughs> a, didn't know his name was Lawson. B, didn't know he came back. When, well, when did I think he come back? He, he comes back in Live Free or Die, which is in season five. Um, and so, like, I oh. I, I, I do I do remember it, but it doesn't, now it doesn't do. stand out to me okay. as, like, a, a major, like, really, really important scene. So, I yeah. like this guy, though. Like, I, I, I will say, like, Maybe he's just a bit of a fan favorite, like because I, I kind of like again this note, and like I like it when he's like going on this speech about like the laws of New Mexico or something like that, and he's talking about like shopkeepers and that with guns. Like it's it's interesting when you talk to Americans like this who are like no offense to our American listeners, but like are not these nut job gun crazy Americans, right? Like they're kind of very educated and intelligent about why they should have a gun, if you know what I mean. Like it's mm. kind of. I'm not saying I agree with their opinion, but it's kind of they're firmer to the point and like this is why I have a gun. I, I know when I was in New Zealand and I did a story on sort of uh, collectors of guns where I was down in Invercargill and sort of they were going to lose out on their guns because of the gun laws that changed obviously after Christchurch. And it was kind of – it was just – it was interesting to hear their viewpoint. They weren't like these people who wanted to go around and kill people. They just – they were collectors who liked guns and kind of they were getting taken away because of what happened. Like it's just it's interesting to kind of hear those viewpoints that kind of get lost in the the way you you seem to have your extreme like gun lovers who are like I will shoot you if you take my gun away versus the tree hugging people who are like no guns burn them all. Yeah. Um, and no offense to people who don't like guns saying you hug trees. I just uh, fuck you all. I offend you all. Like just just <laughs> don't like guns and don't hug trees. There you go. <laughs> Wow, we just lost half of our listenership base today. We're down to one. Um, so we've got Mike now sitting in a, a co- Is this the same bar that he's in later? Is this just like Mike's place? Yeah, I think so. I think it's the same location. I, I I really like how you kind of it opens on him, like with his head in his hands, like he just exhausted by what's kind of happened. I think it's just it's it's a really good way of kind of introducing where this guy is in the story. I think I've asked you this before. Maybe, but like, it's a movie TV thing that you've always got to have a character goes to a bar by themselves, like sits at a bar, drinks a beer. Like, I don't think I've ever had the need to go, I want a drink. I'm going to go to a bar by myself. Like if I want a drink, go to a bottle buy a six pack, sit on my couch, watch some TV. Like, have you ever like just gone, fuck, I'm going to go to a bar by myself. The only time I would, would be if I was on a, 
town that I, you know, like I was visiting somewhere and I wanted to go to like a craft brewery and, you know, like I, that's the only way I could get that, that particular beer. That would be the only time I would do that. But I, yeah, I certainly wouldn't go. I think bar culture is a little bit different here you know, in New Zealand, Australia than potentially it is in America, I think, and, and England as well. I think kind of like spending time in a bar, I think is probably more common. I don't know. That Maybe that's that's um, a really broad stroke to, to, to make. I, I don't know, but I, it does feel like there's a different type of bar culture in, in New Zealand, Australia than there is to North America and, and then England and, and other parts of the world as well, obviously. I, I, I would like to. Like, I would like to be that person to go to a bar and sit at a bar by myself and, like, have the bartender tough day, man. Like, uh, you know, like, I don't know, like, rubbing the bar down. But, like, yeah, I'm, unlike you, like, if I've, I've travelled by myself a lot and I'll, I'll go out by myself and eat a meal and sometimes it's at a bar and have a drink, like, you know, whatever. Like, it's that that's fine. But, like, I don't know. Like, it's just – I'm, this is no disrespect, again, to these people who do it, but, like, it's just kind of it's something that I've never – felt the urge to do so um yeah i remember that when i was with you that time and we went to that was it a brewery tour yeah yeah. it was just you and i basically getting to talk by this guy who loved his beer so much that he was just telling us about how good it was um (laughs) and then we went upstairs and sat in the balcony didn't we and had some yeah chips and a free beer or yeah yeah it was good good times was that um don't tell me uh was that rotorua no no you're close lake taupe Talpo? Yes, was correct. It? It was, we did well the done. golfing, the, yes. the yeah, yeah, that's right. thing. Yeah. That yeah. was fun. I like that. Yeah, that was good. That was a good place. Um, God, good times. Mem- memories. Um, <laughs> don't sing cats on this show, Ben. Um, but, yeah, Mike's by himself. Uh, yeah, as you said, kind of stressed out. He's got a bit of blood in his sleeve, so he kind of well, – I kind of like that, how he's, like, you know, wiping his blood off. It's kept there. Then we've got – Jesse, he's got himself some subwoofer brew and uh, pretty cool sound system, if I must say. I'd like to have this. And uh, Badger and Skinny Pete rock up, uh, sort of talk to him a little bit about this new sound system that he's got. Um, They're talking about having seen Andrea uh, and then kind of Jesse's wanting them to sort of get high with him. And I kind of like Skinny Pete. He's like, what is he like? Oh, no, man, 12 steps, bro. Uh, And then this kind of leads into uh, Skinny Pete and Badger getting high talking about Call of Duty zombies and Nazis hating America. <laughs> like, is this our first real Skinny Pete Badger debate scene? I feel it is. Yeah. I don't know if we've really – because we, this becomes a bit of a thing. Like, there's, isn't there a Star Trek massive debate they have at some point? Um, like, I just, I just love – like, this may be the standout. Oh, there's maybe another scene. But, like, I just kind of like Skinny Pete versus Badger debate, kind of stoned talking about video games. Um, and then this leads to the introduction of the, the, why am I so obsessed with this fucking vacuum cleaner? I've always wanted one of these like robot vac. I actually was driving somewhere the other day and I drove past a house. I had a robot lawnmower. I'm like, there it is. Like it's just going up and down their lawn, mowing it. I'm like, God, we really are in the future now. We've been taken over. This is back to the future all of a sudden. Um, but Jesse basically is like, fuck this shit. We're going to have a party. And turns up the music. There's got Jesse's a very popular guy apparently because there's like a hundred odd people at this party to rumba bomba bomba. Weird song, but it's kind of catchy. And Jesse's just he's off his face. He's just 
enjoying himself, but at the same time, obviously, this is his way that he's kind of dealing, I guess, with uh, what's happened. He's just kind of uh, numbing the pain with drugs and alcohol and having parties. And maybe I'll just cap this off with uh, Walt sitting in his house, sitting in a chair, you know, <laughs> you have to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Like kind of, you know, go ahead, make my day scene. He's practicing drawing his gun, shooting at a blank chair, which is kind of badass and cool, but pathetic at the same time. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really, like I think I said at the end of our last episode, I like the care that's been taken to show the impact that what Jesse had to do to Gail is having on his psyche, you know, and I, I do appreciate that. I, like, I do think it maybe gets a little overplayed in these next few episodes, but I do appreciate that it would have been easy to just brush that over, move on, you know, and I do like that they are taking time to really show that. Um, and yeah, I, I do love this whole, like just turns into this massive party, um, you know, just, and I guess probably money and, and drugs will probably bring anybody in. Right. But um, he's got this pretty attractive blonde he's dancing with for a while there, I must say, but uh, yeah. And, and, and I do, I do love the, uh, the whole, uh, what are they called? Roombas or whatever they're called. Is it a rumba uh, or a rumba? It's, it's one of those. I yeah, think it's a yeah. rumba. Yeah, yeah, no, I do love that. I mean, uh, like my sister's got one and apparently like because it talks to your phone, like because it's synced up with your phone and like if it gets stuck in a corner or something, it will be like, help, I am stuck in a corner or like <laughs> if it's about to go down the stairs, it will be like, I am going to fall off a cliff and like she's going to go and rescue it. <laughs> but I just like, I'm traumatized because I saw a photo recently that somebody put up of like their Roomba was going around their house and it ran over a shit that their dog had taken inside and just like smeared shit all through their house. So I've kind of been put off the Roomba thing after I saw that, I must say. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just seeing shit going everywhere. Um, the other day I was, I think I was making lunch and I was, I don't know, I was, I think sending a voice note to a friend on WhatsApp or something like that. And out of nowhere, I hear this woman's voice and my dad's got a Google home thing, which I forgot. And like, you know how sometimes like, I don't know if like, yeah, and I'm probably going to say this and my phone's probably going to talk to me like Siri or something like that. And all of a sudden yeah. somebody will talk to you. I just, I lost my shit because this thing was really loud. I was like, sorry, I didn't quite get that. And I'm like, fuck, someone's in the house. Like, <laughs> just scared the absolute shit out of me. But um, Siri didn't love me there. Can I, can I, hey, Siri, is this going to work? Oh, tell me a joke. This is. Why did the cow go to New York City? I don't know. To see the musicals. Oh, ha, ha, ha. I don't know if you anyone heard that. What was that? that was, what did the cat move to New York City to see the musicals? The, why did the cow go to New York City to see the musicals? Oh, um, right. That's pretty wah, bad. Wah. That's, that's pretty uh, the, bad. That's uh, how bad Oz Network has gone. We're resorting to Siri jokes to try and find the uh, the humor there. But um, I, I don't know. Like, It's kind of interesting. Like When you're a kid, you kind of think, like, oh, the future, robots and all this kind of stuff. But you sort of get to a point where you realize we've kind of got some of this stuff and you just kind of take it for granted, right? Like as a kid, could you ever imagine that you were going to be laying in bed on your phone watching like the World Cup? Like, you know, you would have had to, I'm sure as a kid, go into the lounge room, like the one TV in the house and, you know, tune into, you know, Sky or whatever it was at a certain time. Now it's just like pay a couple of dollars and you're watching watching on your freaking watch. Like, I mean, you know, James Bond style, right? Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. It is really crazy. I remember my mum used to always say to me that, like, as a kid, she could have never imagined that one day she could hold in her hand a device that could have, like, 50,000 songs on it that she could, like, you know, like, back in the 60s as a little girl, she was lucky to have a record player to get one LP, you know what I mean? So, oh, the kids these days don't know what they're missing out. I mean, people listening to us right now wouldn't have been able to listen to us 15 years ago. 
I bet they're all so happy that you know technology know. has allowed them to to <laughs> listen to our ramblings. If you are listening to this right now, just thank your lucky stars of technology. Like you're like, oh, thank <laughs> God, I can listen to two random guys talk about a TV show that I watch. Like, oh, this is life right now. Um, Hank, meanwhile, is in bed. He's got his uh, rocks. Sorry, minerals for the tenth time. Minerals. Um, I, I do kind of like how he's got like this, um, like a poker thing. Like, you know, when you used to pick up rubbish and I don't know if you ever had one of those yeah, things and yep. you know, like kind of those things and um, he's got it up and he's looking at closely at his mineral and Marie, she's also got like the hospital bed here. I guess it's kind of like the double hospital bed. And I kind of like this almost like Darth Vader sort of rising up and go, <laughs> like yep. she rises up and it's like, can't sleep. Like it's two o'clock in the morning and yeah, Hank, Hank's a bit of a dick here. Let's just say that to Marie, kind of, you know, going off about how he's, um, you know, even when he snaps at her and says, like, for the 10th time, it's minerals, and basically tells her, like, there's four other bedrooms or three other bedrooms. Go and sleep in one of them if I'm keeping you awake. Um, so, yeah, Hank, a bit of a dick. That's uh, the nicest way to put it. Um, Meanwhile, the I next think, morning, I think, like just just to, just to cut in there, I think one of the things that's quite disappointing from a character perspective. I'm not saying anything about the writing. I, I think from a character perspective that we had him acting like this pre shootout, you know, and then like you know has the shootout, and you think, oh well, you know, like this is gonna this is gonna change his perspective on what matters to him, and and here he is now being an asshole to Marie again. Um, and I think it's interesting that this is the tack they've decided to take with him. Um, that they've decided that they're going to still continue. Like he is going to just be this frustrated, grumpy prick to his wife. Um, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm I'm actually kind of undecided about what I think about what they do with Hank over the next couple of episodes. Um, so I'm I'm interested in your take because I I really don't know if I like it or not. Yeah, I don't know because there's a good point you make about how they kind of had it beforehand, um, and it kind of. I feel we don't really get a super resolution. It's it's not kind of like he has a light bulb moment where he's like, I'm so sorry that I was such a dick to you. This is why, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe it just fits into his character that he's just a bit of a jerk, but he still loves his wife no matter what. Like, I don't know. Like, I kind of know people like this. I kind of know people who are just, I'm sure they love their partner, but it's almost like they just take them for granted and kind of just treat them a certain way. And then almost like their partner just kind of accepts it as, part of who they are like yeah i don't know like it, i i i don't know if i really have an opinion either way of it i think i just look at it it's a bit realistic like again as i said i know people like this this is somehow sometimes how couple i mean marie clearly doesn't like it you can see by the look on her face and she's kind of you know concerned and i guess it's tricky for her because she can kind of put down as an excuse right like oh he's only acting this way because he's going through something right now so it's, it's not really her place to be like don't treat me like this. Like, this isn't fair on me because you can easily turn it around. So, yeah, it's a good point. I, I don't know. I, I'm probably the same as you. I don't know how I feel about it really either. Mm. That's what makes it interesting, I think, is that there isn't a clear way to think about it. And and so I think there is, you know, there are shades of grey here, which is which is interesting. Yeah, not 50 shades of grey. No, um, definitely not. No. Uh, <laughs> why did I just mention that? Um Walt's getting ready for work. He's uh, loading his gun up. He hits his head on the table. You're expecting him to stand up and go, you want your pretty one right here? <laughs> <laughs> Voicemail to Skylar in his apartment. Nick, you're getting some good flashbacks going on there. Um, 
Skylar's basically talking about the car wash and Walt's losing his shit. Like, don't mention the car wash. Like, you've just left evidence, basically, about this car wash. You know, you you can't do that, like, paranoid Walt while he's... Lo- like, does Skylar not hear him, like, loading a gun? Like, because the gun's closed <laughs> yeah. by the time he's off the phone. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know how that is, but... Um, and she's basically saying that, like, you know, if you don't help out with this, I'm going to call Sol directly. And Walt's like, no, don't don't call Sol. Um, Jesse's going to work. I kind of like this scene. Um, and not just because of one part of this scene, although that seems nice. But, um, like, everyone's just passed out on the floor and the Roomba's going around. I love POV Roomba shots. I love Roomba cam. It's so good. <laughs> Star of the episode, Roomba. <laughs> Bugger Lawson or whatever his name was. <laughs> like... I want the Roomba in every single... Does it have a wiki page of, like, this is the first appearance of the Roomba? (laughs) (laughs) The Roomba appeared in seven episodes and went on to star in Criminal Minds. Um, (laughs) I remember they had that with... um, And and here it is, ticket off the bucket list, our friend's reference. Um, I think when we covered Outbreak, that the monkey in Outbreak was the same monkey as Marcel in Friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, like, oh, the, the famous monkey in the 90s. Um, but like everyone's passed out on the floor. Jesse's going to work. I do love kind of like when uh, Jesse wakes up, Badger, and then like wakes up, Skinny Pete and Skinny Pete like dead arms him, and like Badger's like, dude, bro, like you need to learn how to hit, you know, whatever. Um, we get the nice scene of a nice butt walking past the camera. Um, is that the same blonde woman that you like, Nick? Or no, no, uh, definitely not. No, there's it is a it is a nice butt though. Can I just say that? Like, I'm not complaining. It is, it is, a, and the nice tattoos up on the leg too. So, um, I mean, I bet you she made it big. Like, who are you in Breaking Bad? I played <laughs> behind girl. I was the bottom. Um, bare but Jesse's ass girl. Bare ass girl. Um, stunt ass. Uh, Jesse's basically saying to Badger and Skinny Pete that uh, I think they kind of think they want to clean up, but they're like, no, keep the party going. So Jesse just gives them a shit ton of money. Go get some breakfast, get some more alcohol. I want this party pumping when I get home. I love it when he kind of turns on the music. It's like this heavy metal. And there's that one dude who kind of just like sits up. He's got like the goatee. He looks like he's about 50. I have no idea why he's at that party. <laughs> but he kind of just, he sort of like wakes up. And he kind of like almost like starts banging his head like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Let's go. Now, Nick, I don't know your partying days, but did you ever do like a, a weekend bender of just like a nonstop party for a couple of days? Or is this not a New Zealand thing? You t- you guys are too. No, I used to be like terrible, like, because we obviously had like orientation week you know at uni and things like that mm. and i could never make it through more than one night i was terrible during <laughs> a week because it just that my stamina for this kind of shit is not there i just i need recovery time i i don't remember the extent of it but i remember there was one time i still had a hangover on like the wednesday at school uh like i don't think i had been drinking since sunday but i had like a three-day hangover uh so i i, I vaguely remember that but uh could i remember what happened that weekend no um, but uh, clearly such a party animal. I mean, I am a podcast host and journalist. We are renowned for our partying. Um, meanwhile, at the lab, Jesse and Walt are going through the motions. Walt's uh, get his gun ready because he hears the door open and, oh, is this going to be Gus? Who's it going to be? No, it's not Gus. It's Victor 2.0. Now, uh, what's this guy's name? Tyrus. 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 There he is, Tyrus, who... I like Tyrus. Tyrus is cool. Yep. Um, he's kind of I, I like just kind of this dynamic him and Walt have in this season where they kind of clearly hate each other. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and then as Jesse's uh, getting ready to give him the the 
the batch essentially mike shows up and uh mike's like wait again new policy and um walt wants to see gus and mike's like that's never going to happen uh so yeah, kind of a bit of a foreshadow there because clearly Mike's no dummy. Mike knows uh, what's going on, as you're going to find out later in this episode. Mike even knows that he's got a piece on him right now. So, um, yeah, uh, kind of I, I like kind of how this uh, sort of plays out with that. Um, and maybe I'll just kind of cap it here with the two little scenes of um, – I like, I like again, I said this last week, investigative Skylar. Here she is now, sitting outside the car wash, taking the notes, like, you know, ticking off that the Corolla's getting a hand wash and doing all this sort of stuff. I actually, I just kind of like investigative Skylar. And um, then we've got uh, Hank walking on his walker. Uh, he's, he's done well. Oh, high fives all around, except Marie doesn't want to high five. Well, Hank doesn't want to high five Marie. And then... This physical therapist guy, as he leaves, Marie likes him, wants him to stay on full time, but uh, he's not going to. And then Hank basically tells Marie to go away, which is, uh, yeah, obviously pretty hurtful to poor Marie as she kind of walks out crying. So a few little sort of random scenes there in the middle of this episode. Uh, if you've got anything to add on those. Yeah, the one thing I want to say is that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I've got a few things to say, but like um, Tyrus, I really like. I agree, I think. Just a just kind of reminder to Walt that there's this never-ending supply of goons so you know they might be rid of one which is victor but there'll always be another goon to kind of keep an eye on them so yeah and i think that kind of that line about you know that's never going to happen you're never going to see him again or whatever it is i think that's like, like it's a really like it just it's a bit of a gut punch to walt you know I, and i really like that um uh, one thing i will kind of credit the show for is that you know we used to give kind of um nip tuck a bit of a hard time in terms of the kids kind of came and went as it was useful to the show you know like they just disappear for episodes on end like where's annie type of thing um but you know like while while skylar's doing the steak out of the car wash like holly's sitting right next to her in the car and she's kind of you know giving her a bottle and stuff and it's like i do like that you know there's never a moment where you don't have the you know the, the kids involved and i do think you know kind of walt jr occasionally drops out for for not long periods but you know two or three episodes but you know holly always feels like she's a pretty constant presence with one of the parents which i, I do like that you know i think that that's quite good um and yeah i like i, I just i really feel for marie in these scenes you know i just um, I think I'm going to be a bit of a Marie fan boy, you know, protector, whatever it is, um, because I, I really just do feel for her in, in these these scenes, which you're supposed to. That's what the audience is supposed to feel. So, yeah, I, I yeah, it just makes me quite sad for her. I, I still don't know why I went back in season one and said she annoyed me uh, when I, I've definitely come around a lot more on her now, particularly through this rewatch. So, um Sorry, Betsy. Sorry, Marie. Um, and sorry, Colin. Colin called me out on that too, didn't he? Um, we kind of get it. Is this sort of, um, I guess, a plot hole filler kind yeah, of now when we've got the pizza? So, absolutely, so, yes. Yeah. So, and was it deliberately done? Because this, we yes. got, uh, just in context quickly, they bring pizzas over, they've got the pies, and they're not cut. And essentially, Skinny Peter as a badger is basically saying, like, that's the gimmick. Like, you know, you you save money because they don't cut the pizza. And this is what? Essentially done to explain why the pizza on the roof last season was not cut, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, absolutely. You got it, you got it spot on. And is this actually a thing? Like, is this legitimately no, a place in now or just... I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I can't imagine, like, how much does it cost to cut a pizza? Like, how on earth is that a money saver? Like, no, I'm, I'm, like, I could, I'm prepared to be wrong, and I'm sure there'll be somebody out there that can point out that I'm wrong, but I can't imagine that there is somewhere out there that's like, we will give you cheaper pizzas because we won't cut them. That seems like a ridiculous thing to do. So, yeah, I, this is absolutely there. Um, 
to kind of fill that plot point. There's there's no two ways about that. Which has always baffled me, like how you you know how you can buy unsliced bread. Like I realize that like that's the thing. Like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Bread wasn't always sliced, so obviously people get it. But like, why would you buy unsliced bread? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't get it. Um, yeah. some people do, but uh, I, I like it price, though. Maybe. Maybe, but like I like this though. Like it's kind of like I think you've mentioned a few times, like about how in Better Call Soul they go out of their way to over-explain things, and there are certain things that they do that, like you know, Star Wars and things like that, where like do we really need that Han Solo's name came that way? Like it, it, things that they don't need to be explained. But I kind of like the way that they go out of their way to just have this tiny little thing <laughs> to explain one bit that people probably complained about back in the day. Yeah. But like it actually makes sense, like because like I feel this would be a thing that people would do this, right? I, I, what I like about it is that rather than it being kind of like a, you know, like a, a head nod or a, a, a cap tip to the fans, it's actually a bit of a middle finger to the fans who've been like, why do you care about this mm. fucking pizza? Like, go away and leave us alone. We're going to put this line in here just to piss you off. Like, that's what I yeah. kind of like about it. Yeah. It's kind of um, <laughs> just a random reference to a movie. It reminds me of um, 40-Year-Old Virgin when the um the the woman that Steve Carell's character ends up getting with her store is like we sell your stuff on eBay yeah. and it's kind of like everyone keeps going in there trying to buy stuff it's like no yeah. no no we're like it's like what's the point like it's like what's the point of having uh sliceless pizza but uh, okay if if you if you get your pizza every week i don't know 20 dollars for a large let's say but if you could pay 13 dollars for that same pizza and it wasn't sliced are you not going to get it Oh, totally. But like, I can't imagine that. Like, while you're talking, I'm going to Google this now and just see <laughs> can can you get a cheaper? Can you get a cheaper pizza? So ask Siri. <laughs> if it's not cut. Wow, this is live research on the Oz Network right now. Um, I love it. <laughs> uh, is it all Breaking Bad links? Tips for getting free and cheap pizzas from Domino's. Um, <laughs> how much would you say it costs to get a five? Nah, no, I don't think this. This is definitely not a thing. It's not. It's definitely not coming up. I, I, I just think it's funny that this is one of these. Like we've talked about it over on our Lost episodes that there are legitimately things that the fans need like, you know, that the writers of Lost would have a dig at the fans for like, but sometimes like it, it was funny. Like, you know, they would often kind of have these passing references to background characters that, you know, they're never involved. And it's like, well, what's the point of them? Um, but yeah, like I, I just think this is a clever retcon, you know, it's not done in oh, such yeah, a totally. way that they yeah. have to over explain it. It's just yeah. a blinking, like you miss it kind of scene that every casual viewer would not give a shit about. It's, uh, you know, people like us who are complaining. <laughs> Sorry, Vince. Um, so, so just so I've just pulled up a website and so basically here's just a quote from Vince Gilligan which is basically we had a long discussion before we shot the pizza on the roof scene about whether or not the pizza should be sliced because as physicists will know a thrown sliced pizza would come apart due to the centrifugal force or angular mm-hmm. momentum um, and, and yet you're right no self-respecting pizza parlor sells an unsliced pizza so we figured we needed to explain it and the we pass the savings on to you scene, or else face our view, our audience's righteous wrath. Um, so basically, it's complete nonsense that they've just done to explain this. So I'm going to call it right here. There's nowhere that sells unsliced pizzas in order to save money. Like that, that is not a thing that happens. 
if pizza slices are that expensive, then there needs to be an inquiry. I think I got one for like two dollars from the warehouse when I was in New Zealand. Next, well, so. and and when you think about like selling pizza by the slice, that's quite an American thing as well, isn't it? Oh like yeah, it's definitely not really a New Zealand thing. Um, I don't well, their slices saying. of pizza are probably bigger than the large in New Zealand. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like yeah. that's the thing. Um, so anyway, uh, the real purpose of this scene is the party's still going. Andrea's back, yay. Um, she shows up and basically she's questioning Jesse about uh, the, the gangbangers that got killed last season and also this money that's shown up and essentially is anybody going to come after me for this money? I do, I do love how Andrea's basically not giving it back. <laughs> she's kind nah. of just like, oh, well, is anyone going to come after me for this money? Okay. <laughs> like, come on. Like, this is part of why I don't really gel with this character because it's like I feel like the nice thing to do is to I can't accept your money you know at least at least say I can't accept your money like yeah like you always like if some if if I went to you and when I stayed at your house and I clearly didn't do this I'm a prick but like if I had left and gone hey Nick here's here's a couple hundred bucks thanks very much your first reaction is like thanks (laughs) you're gonna be like no 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 of course Ben like it was it was my pleasure and then I'm like no I insist okay like on the second one you go for it right like yeah you at least you at least make a fuss right like a, yeah a, oh no you shouldn't have fucking oath i'm expecting more than 200 <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. you bastard um i'd actually present you with a bill like an itemized yeah. bill <laughs> i know people that would do that <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and brock wishes to mention brock's in the car a little wave to to jesse and is this the last time we see andrew for a while i feel i feel like it's a little while yeah yeah, but uh, and poor Andrew hasn't been invited to the party. Everyone else in Albuquerque has. But um, yeah. anyway, um, Walt's got his gun. He's gone to Gus's house. He's going to kill him. This is it. This is done. Breaking Bad's over. He's going to knock on the door. Ding dong. Bang. You know, Jesse style with Gail. But uh, no, he gets a couple of steps to the house and we get a phone call. Go home, Walter. Um, it's pretty eerie. Like, I kind of, I just, I kind of like this sort of whole thing that, like, everyone's kind of, like, watching, like, you know, Gus is untouchable and kind of he's always got this, and I guess he would need to, wouldn't he? Um, yeah. But I, I I do love that shot, like the overhead shot where they're like yeah. really high up in the air and you've kind of just got this tiny dot of Walt on the street, like the shadows and just the way it's sort of framed in the camera looks epic. It's so good. Um, and maybe I'll just kind of lump on the scene here with uh, Marie and the uh, minerals. <laughs> I love Dick Courier guy. What is this? Ton of bricks. <laughs> She's just like rocks. Um, and then and they both does, that not remind, does that not remind you of um, fucking Deb Eaton? We can build a shell with rocks. <laughs> and the thing is, uh, the thing is, they're both wrong. They're not bricks or rocks. They're minerals. They're minerals, exactly. And I love um, Hank in the background. Are they my minerals? Have you checked my boxes? Those stupid delivery guys are always getting things wrong. Um, and I do. I just love Betsy Brant the way she acts here. She's kind of just like, oh my god, like just so frustrated. I want. I wanted to be there on the set of this because like. The way it's done, you believe that Hank is in his bed screaming, but, like, Hank's probably just behind the director kind of, uh, you know, Dean Norris is there just in his, you know, trackies, just kind of, like, yelling on, like, a thing, like, um, but, yeah, but, again, Dick, Dick Hank. But, again, a uh, collection of scenes there. Anything to add that I haven't touched on? Yeah, I mean, I think that, the, obviously, the, the kind of, 
the the scene is quite eerie where where Walt's kind of heading towards Gus's house, and I think it's one of those things that just reminds you that Gus is like this guy who feels like an, an immense level of control that he's obviously let this guy who he mustn't fully trust know where he lives and you know this could be something that comes back to haunt him so i, th- I think it's just quite interesting like insight into gus's psyche i suppose um and yeah i mean the the, the next scene obviously with the with the minerals um you know like again it's just i think this is probably one of the issues i potentially have with this episode is that i think we hit a number of of plot points over and over again like individually i don't mind the story about hank being a dick to marie i don't mind the story about jesse being you know like unable to kind of um process what's happened and and so kind of numbing that with a party and 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 drugs and whatever but it feels like we kind of hit them over and over again um in the same episode and i I just wonder if this is you know slightly wasteful storytelling in this particular episode would be my my critique i suppose that's a good point, yeah, like maybe just one scene of it, kind of not overdo it. And I mean, you take those out, like you kind of don't have a very packed episode, do you really? There's not yeah, much else and around I, that. And, and I think like next episode, we're going to talk about, a, a, you know, a particular part of that that gets replayed three times. And, and you know, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I watched that and I was like, do we really need three of the same type of scene over and over again? And by the time you get to the third one, it's like, yes, we do, because they all link together in this particular way, which we'll talk about next week. Um, whereas I think these ones are kind of just like slight extensions of each other in a way that just feels like I think this probably could have been done slightly more efficiently. So, yeah, it's, it's a minor critique, but it, it definitely is as a critique, I think. Well, get excited, Nick, because we're about to get the return of our beloved eyebrows. Bogdan's back! Yay! Uh, as investigative Skylar turns into businesswoman Skylar, and I like businesswoman Skylar. I just, she's just kind of random at the moment, Skylar. She's not really got a lot to do, but I kind of just like this. Skylar on the scene, doing her job, like getting out and about, doing this kind of stuff. And I love, I just love how she rocks up and, uh, you know, very professional, like, you know, good evening, Bog- uh, good afternoon, Bogdan. Skylar yeah. White, you know. Walks into the office and, um, you know, Bogdan's kind of just looking her over like, yeah, okay, what do you want? And, you know, she's like, I want to buy your car wash. And I do love how he's basically like, $10 million. <laughs> and then she whips open the folio and it's got all the numbers. Like, so perfect. Like, oh, I just makes me just giddy with excitement because I love this professionalism and the typed out pages and just like the, the stationery and the she's looking good. Like, this is me. I want to be this, like, business person walking up with files and shit. I'm going to buy a car wash if this is what I get to do. Um, but I just love the research that Skylar's done here and is like, well, how does a figure of $879,000 sound? And she's like, you know, I judge this and this is your revenue and the market share and the comparable rate and I've added an extra $50,000. Like, it's so good. Um, and then basically Bogdan's like, $20 million. <laughs> it's like, you're Walter White's uh, wife, you know, and like, uh, yes, the price for Walter White is this, you know, he broke my air fresheners and didn't even give me notice and grabbed, what did he say? Did he say he grabbed himself? <laughs> like, that just reminded me of like, you know, right here. Um, it's clearly a thing that Walt's got an issue with. Uh, the people in that. Everyone talks about the tropes of breakfast in this show. What about Walt grabbing himself? Um, he's the Michael Jackson of television characters. Um but yes, no, Bogdan does not want to sell. He's worked he's worked this for thirty years. Like, no disrespect to anyone listening to this who has owned a car wash, but like is this something you want to run for your entire life? My beloved car wash. I've worked it from the ground up thirty years. Um 
but I, I I don't know. I like I just like Skyler on the scene. I just like it. It's it's not gonna make a top five. It's not gonna even gonna make a top thirty scenes of this season. But yeah, I don't know. I just like Skyler on the scene. Yeah, of course. I I highlighted the line about him grabbing himself. Like, I love that. Of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna think about that. So it's like, yeah, I've got your air freshener right here. Like, it's just like <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I I think it's great. I love this, and I love like the only thing that would have made this better. If she's like, you know what, fuck you and your eyebrows. That would have been yeah. that would have been great if she just said that as she walked out. But yeah, I think it's really good, and and I and I love where it takes me, where it takes this this particular storyline. You know, like I think. Um, you know, it, it, it's really fun because obviously we're going to get a follow-up to this, which kind of shows Skylar's ability to kind of um, be. And this is where I talked last week about I got a little bit annoyed with the kind of her acting and, and being this kind of, um, you know, hysterical actress type thing. Now we're, we're going to get to see her kind of be this um, this kind of badass who can actually just, you know, play kind of the, the kind of Saul Goodman playbook in the next episode, which I really, really like. So this is the setup for that. And so, you know, the when we get that in the next episode when we get back to this like it's going to be worth it because you know like we've had this set up here so I, I really enjoy it which and you get some really great stuff from Skylar moving forward and this is again like everyone bagged out Skylar like oh she's so annoying and I, I don't know if that again goes back to those earlier seasons we've talked about previously or people still complain about it moving forward because I think just Skylar just keeps getting better and better and I've always yeah. liked Skylar like Skylar just gets awesome like yeah. so I, I'm intrigued to see if like this hatred of Skylar carried on into these later seasons when yeah like kind of as you said she's almost like a, a female Saul Goodman moving forward like mm. kind of just what she does um so yeah hashtag team Skylar let's just keep pointing that out uh now next scene I'm, I'm just saying again potential nominee for a top five again probably won't make it when in a season which we've probably already got four locks already um but I just I love this scene Mike in his bar again. Here he is by himself having his craft beer with Nick. And um, Walt comes in and I love Mike here just basically like, you know, you really need to learn how to tail people properly and what's with that piece that you're carrying. Like all that effort that Walt's gone to think he's been badass and concealing it, Mike picks it up in like two seconds. Uh, basically, Walt is just trying to explain himself. You know, his loyalty is to, to Jesse. It was done in self-defense. Uh, he respects Mike, you know, how he's going to kill him. You know, Mike's just also following orders and he's basically saying, like, we're in the same boat here and, you know, you saw what Gus did. Gus can kill you essentially at any moment like he can kill me. And I kind of like that line, which um, is a line that Walt will famously use next season as well, kind of parallels when uh, Mike says, like, learn to take yes for an answer. Yeah. And uh, clearly, clearly, you know, Mike's just, like, just, getting pissed off with this guy. You know, Walt's not going to shut up. And you kind of think that, um, you know, all of a sudden Mike's on board with Walt here. Walt's kind of had his say. And I was like, okay, cool. Yep, here we go. And then out of nowhere, fucking Mike just punches Walt, gets him to the ground, kicks him a couple of times. And then as he leaves, thanks for the drink. And then walks out like, again, I love these sort of things. We had it um, with Hank in the bar, didn't we, last season? Or was it season two when he's, like, getting into bar fights? Like, bars in America are just very standard. Ah, oh, it's a bar fight. Like, move on. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Uh, but I, I just love this. I just love badass Mike again, bashing up Paul Walt. Um, and, yeah, I mean, again, I'm just saying it. I've written it down with a circle top five around it for future references. It won't make the top five, but I just think it's a, it's an awesome scene. Yeah, and I think kind of like the dynamic between Walt and and Mike is really interesting, you know, like it, it is a, a fun dynamic. And I think I talked about that in the last episode that, you know, Walt doesn't have the same level of fear in Mike that he does 
and and Gus, you know, like all respect, you know, I don't think he respects Mike in the same way, and you know, and and that disrespect is is mutual, you know, and so I think it makes for a fun dynamic. I've always liked the way that kind of Mike refers. To, he's the only one that refers to him as Walter, you know, and I I do really like that. It's always been quite a fun a fun aspect of the show um, for me, and so yeah, I think anytime these two are interacting like this, it's it, it's really good stuff. Um, but yeah, I think you kind of get the power dynamic right here of you know Walt thinks he's Walt thinks they're equals but Mike's actually not afraid to, to use a bit of violence to kind of enforce a, a pecking order and so yeah I, I do really enjoy it um to be honest my favorite part of this whole scene scene is probably the um the Saul Goodman ad on the tv yeah. um but but it is, it is it is still a really great scene I do love it and then sort of Mike's little cheers to him, like when he kind of raises his glass. And I think like the other thing too, sorry about the TV ad, is like Saul is still on the plane crash grift. Like this is season four, episode two. Get up to speed, Saul. Like, Are they wearing you know, the like, ribbon still? Have we noticed yeah, this? I, I, they I think, I, well, I, th- I think they have, but I think he's, st- he st- I think for a long time, he's been the only one that's been wearing the ribbon. I'm just going to quickly see here in the scene on the he is in the in the in the ad he's wearing the ribbon still um, but yeah I like kind of like he's got these scales it's like life altering trauma wrongful death property damage shock to the senses personal injury and like I just I love that bit when he's like talking about and like you know if damage fell in your house and God forbid body parts <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> but again I think I've talked about this before I've been to the US I have seen ads like this these ads exist. Yeah. In America, you have these over-the-top cheesy commercials for lawyers there. Like, these legitimately exist. So, um, yeah, so funny. But we end uh, Jesse's parties. Everyone's tired and buggered and uh, brain transplants and cats. And poor old Jesse's going to be by himself. And, like, look, I, I, I kind of get... I agree with you, sort of like it's it's played a little bit, but I just I love as much as this episode isn't gonna be a standout episode, I just I kinda of love the way this ends and just Aaron Paul, just the way he kind of has this like cranks up the music so fucking loud, literally puts his head on the speaker, and just you see that this is affecting him. Like he's like on the verge of just an absolute mental breakdown and just again, Aaron Paul, can we just point out this is a guy who's never had an acting lesson in his life, and here he is just like laying there, just like the look and sheer desperation in his face and just Everything about it is just incredible, and it's just it's a it's a kind of a quickish scene at the end to end the episode on. But even just the way the camera kind of like pans out from him and kind of just you know moves back, and you see the the damage and the destruction from all the partying around him, which I've got to say for like two three day bender, not that messy. Uh, I mean, it's messy, but it's not as bad as I think it probably could be. But yeah, for for a pretty subpar episode of Breaking Bad, I do like the way it ends. Well, I think kind of like, yeah, as I've said, I think probably hitting the same beat a few too many times, but I do think it kind of really just brings home that the reason he's been doing all of this in case it wasn't super clear to you is that he just, he can't bear being alone at the moment. Like alone with his thoughts is the absolute worst thing for Jesse. And so, you know, this kind of just, that kind of crawling into the speaker, I think is a really great way of showing that. So I think it's a good kind of visual to, to really explain that. I agree. Now I'm just reading the trivia of this episode. Uncensored on home video, some of the music featured during the party has strong language in it. Ooh, okay. Um, the subtitles on the commercial for Saul's ad say settlement figures quoted are for illustration purposes only, does not constitute a promise of results, amounts referenced are before fees and expenses, every case is different and must be judged on its own merits. Um, the pizza scene, we've gone over that. Uh, the title 38 snub. 
refers not only to the type of gun Walter buys, but also the various characters being snubbed throughout the episode. Gus snubs Walter when Mike says Walter will never see Gus again. The car wash owner Bogdan snubs Skylar when she asks to buy the car wash. Mike snubs Walter when Walter asks him at the bar to get him alone in a room with Gus. Hank snubs Marie during his treatment. And finally, Badger and Skinny Pete snub Jesse when they leave the house at the end of the episode. Nothing, no mention here about them visiting Snug. But, um... Nothing there. Uh, combinations of threes and eights occur often in Breaking Bad. The white residence is 308 Negra Arroyo Lane. In four days out, they cook 38 pounds of meth, which they eventually end up selling to Gus in the episode ABQ. In the episode one minute, the time on the clock is 307 when there is one minute left, and then turns to 308 when the minute is up. And here, in this episode, Walt buys a 38 snub nose. That's interesting. Um, didn't yeah, it is, it is really interesting. Yeah. I- now... Hang on, sorry. Can I just point out, do we know this? Here's the thing. That guy that I talked up that woke up, the old guy, right, in the oh, party. Oh, it's, it's Brian Cranston. Yeah, it's sorry. Brian yeah, Cranston. I did, I, I did know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did not know that. I did. Um, I, I did. I had just forgotten. Um, yeah. It says, when Jesse yells, wake up party, the morning after the party, the guest waking up is Brian Cranston. There was actually a scene when you kind of got a flash of the party that I actually thought I saw like Brian Cranston as like one of the guests, like kind of maybe that same guy is there and like maybe you can kind of, because I swear like I'm thinking like, oh, that would be something they would do. Like I think there's a famous scene in Ferris Bueller's Day Off where um, Jennifer Grey is one of the the extras in the, um, the, 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 what do you call it? The parade scene. Like she, she snuck on set in like a wig and glasses basically without John Hughes knowing and kind of, you know, was on set. So that's kind of funny. I'm trying to see this scene now. I need to see if I could like realize that's Brian Cranston. That's hilarious. Mm. I love it when they do that. So did you actually know that by recognizing him or had you read the trivia? No, no, I, 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 had, I had read a trivia thing somewhere. I don't think it was on, on the, the wiki page, but I think I had read that or maybe heard it in a, you okay. know, like a, yeah, somewhere I had read it. Um, I'm so, looking yeah. at it now. It does not look like him. It really does not look like him. That That's, that's well, good makeup, good wigs. Well done, uh, AMC of Breaking Bad. Um... When Jesse steps outside the house, the house actual street number is 322. Can we see next to the window? Cool. Um, and I'll just, on the songs, the, the Unga Bunga Bunga song is called Unga Bunga Bunga by <laughs> Flavor Flav. One of your favourite bands there, Nick? Flavor Flav or, you know? Um, yeah, nah, not so much. Per- personally, I'm a big fan of the song played in the car wash when Skylar introduces herself to Bogdan. Unknown track number two by Unknown Artist. Uh, so there isn't, um, sh- isn't, isn't flavor Flav, wasn't he, was he on celebrity apprentice? Oh God. Um, or is that I never watched else? the U S one. I only watched the Australian one. Uh, flavor. Is it flavor Flav? Flavor Flav? Flavor Flav, uh, I think. William Jonathan Drayton Jr. American rapper. He was in public enemy. He founded public enemy. There you oh, go. oh no, no, no. He's, um, yeah, that's right. He was, uh, he was the, um, like, flavor of love do you remember that it was like a um you know that you know when they were doing like all those kind of shows that were kind of like here's a celebrity and you know all these hot chicks who could be like yeah their partner there was like the brett michaels one and so there was there was one with him i remember yeah now it's come back to me now okay all those good old days right um there you go um, I love here on his Wikipedia page, Miscellaneous. Flavor Flav has a penchant for speaking about himself in the third person. <laughs> cool. Thanks awesome. for that update. Um, so, maybe, so maybe your Flavor Flav, because you, hey. you've just done that. 
Maybe. Um, one thing here, which I, I, I think it was, was it the finale of season three or the, the penultimate episode, we didn't really mention that uh, the long walk alone, Heisenberg's theme was, uh, I think it was the finale. I think it was uh, Full Measure was first heard. Uh, so you hear that again in this episode, which is a pretty famous uh, score piece used a lot now moving forward. So there you go. Um, what are we doing with this episode, Nick? I'm intrigued. Well, as I said at the start, I think like we need to be pretty, we need to be, I guess, contextually critical that this is season four. We've come off four, three really good episodes that have been building some great momentum. And like, to be honest, this one kind of just stops that momentum in its tracks. It's not that this is a bad episode. And I think there's some really interesting stuff. I think the Jesse stuff is really interesting to watch. Um, I think, you know, like the Hank stuff is interesting. Like all of it's quite interesting. But I think, like I said, I think we just hit the same beats too many times times and quite frankly i got frustrated with this episode because i just needed more i needed to move the story on a little bit and now we famously talked that you know fly is really the only episode that you can skip because nothing happens and i think you can skip large portions of this episode where the same thing is happening over and over again so um i'm i'm renting and i'm disappointed because i was really really hoping that i could have a season where i was just going to buy every episode and and season four might be the one but i'm renting it i've actually got it quite low i've got it down i think at 32 which is below fly um so wow. um so yeah i've got this below fly just above cancer man over and ift so it's my my fourth least favorite episode of of breaking bad well it's funny you say that i'm renting it as well i agree with everything you said and i've also got it at 32 so there's a match um <laughs> but i've got it three spots ahead of fly so uh there you go it's just above kafka-esque and just below over um so yeah but yeah i agree with everything i mean I like the bar fight scene. I like the ending. I like the Roomba. <laughs> you know, but yeah, there's just nothing outstanding about this episode that kind of stands out, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But again, as we always say, good episode, a bad, uh, subpar episode of Breaking Bad or a sort of a <laughs> mediocre one is still, you know, we could probably say this is if we ranked this verse some of the buys of Nip Tuck. I mean, and not to take away from Nip Tuck, because we obviously love Nip Tuck, but, uh, you know, it might, might hold a candle to some of those. So, uh, yeah. But uh, next week, open house, Nick. Um, Marie's back to some old antics. Hank's uh, back to, you know, sort of working a little bit. Jesse's back to saying bitch, which is always nice. Uh, and Walt gives a finger to a camera which is also fun. So, um, yeah, plenty so, to unpack next week. Yeah, as, as I think I talked about in our, um, you know, that where we talked about a bit of a season preview, this is the second lowest rated IMDb episode of Breaking Bad. I didn't, wow. phrase it, I didn't phrase it very well. The second lowest rated episode of Breaking Bad on IMDb. So this is an 8.1. So the worst is Fly, 7.6. And then I think there's a lot of kind of 8.3s, 8.4s, 8.5s. But this is the second worst. And um, I think I'm going to go into full-on defending this next episode. Because, look, don't get me wrong. I don't think ne the next episode is amazing. It's not going to be a top 10 episode for me or anything like that. But I think it's probably better than people give it credit for. Um, I think we've kind of talked up the kind of Marie stuff that we probably think there's more going on with Marie than she probably gets credit for. I like some of the Skylar stuff that we get next episode as well. Um, you know, and 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 I always enjoy the stuff where we're talking about, you know, the money laundering and we kind of get back into some of that stuff next week. And we kind of start to get some of that set up in terms of, of um, you know, Hank and, and you know, him starting to look into the, the Gale 
storyline. So yeah, I, I think that there's lots of interesting stuff. I was like when I watched this episode, and, and you know we'll kind of get into it, but I, I I was never bored like during this episode. Um, and and to be fair, the one that we've just reviewed, I, I there were parts where I was starting to switch off a little bit. And Open House, I I never switch off during that episode. One thing I'll just say to uh, Thirty Eight Snub the Ringer have it at 58 out of 62. So that's what the fifth lowest, sixth lowest, uh, fifth. I can do math, Ben. So, um, yeah, and there are, I will say, two other, three other season four episodes they have below it. So, um, yeah, their lowest ranked episode is a season five episode, followed by a season four, a season four, a season four, and then this episode. So, Mm. yeah. there you go. And they're often regarded as the best seasons, right? And they've kind of got their bottom five. Were they the uh, same? Were they the, was this the same list that had Fly at like number six or something ridiculous I like that? I think so, yes. No, 14 they had Fly 14, at. So. Which is still ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, next week, Open House, tune in for that. Listen to 24, listen to Lost, all the other great stuff happening on the Oz Network. You'll find out how to do that at the end of this episode. But uh, keep tuning in we like hearing from you and uh, everything else in between i'm gonna do it nick my name is ben and dude you are so historically retarded <laughs> you had to use it my name's nick to. and uh i prefer the feel of leather thanks for downloading this episode of the oz network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google Podcasts, or by copying our rss feed into your preferred podcast provider And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.